Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host Tony Brown. Today is Saturday the 16th of October 2010. First I'd like to say thanks you guys for sticking with me. If any of you have, I guess I'll see how many numbers I got once it's uh, once it, the show drops and downloads. I've uh, been super busy. I've uh, been wanting to put out a show for quite a while but just have not had the time to actually sit down and do it. And try and put something out that just wouldn't be kind of ramblings. Although this show may be a little bit rambling in nature. Uh, But again, thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for uh, staying subscribed and everything. So uh, let's see. Uh, What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about voting. We're going to talk about some of the parties. I know on, on some of my past shows that I have been covering that a lot, but it is very important. Um, We're also going to talk about some of my political philosophies uh, and some of the things that I think are going to happen after after November rolls around. Um, But before we jump into all that stuff, uh, oh, we're also, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, some of you guys may or may not be aware of the, uh, what's going on with Juan Williams and Fox News and NPR. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. I think there's some good lessons to be learned there. But before we do all that stuff, let's go ahead and uh, get some of our contact information out of the way. Uh, if you want to contact me, you can do so either by email at uh, firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, that's all going to be one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. You can also call and leave me a voicemail. Uh, for the show, if you'd like to do that, it's area code 206-339-3266. Again, that number is area code 206-339-3266. All right, let's go ahead and jump in uh, with a couple of things here. Uh, like I had, had, had said previously, I know I've talked a lot about um, getting out, voting, making sure that you're registered to vote making sure you do your homework, things like that. So let's talk a little bit about doing your homework. And uh, let's ask a couple of questions about when we're doing our homework, where do we actually go? Uh, How do we actually find stuff out? Uh, It's easy to get information, but are we getting the right information? Are we getting, are our sources valid? Um, And we need to make sure that even if we think some of our sources are valid, that we don't fall into the trap of blindly following maybe some of the uh, of, of our sources' recommendations. So a good example of that would be things like uh, the NRA, things like Gun Owners of America, uh, places that uh, your your local state and rifle uh, rifle and pistol clubs. Um, your your state organizations, uh, things like here in Arizona, one that I'm a member of, and uh, as long as I live in Arizona, and probably even if I move away from Arizona, something that I would always be a member of because I think they do fantastic work, which is uh, the Arizona Citizens De- Defense League. And uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with that, you can go to uh, their website, and check them out. Uh, and again, that's Arizona Citizens Defense League. So if you just Google that, you'll you'll pop that up. Um, what I'll do too is I'll 
I'll put a link. I think I've actually got a link to them on both the websites uh, for firearmscafe.com or if you go over to thearmedape.com, my other show. Uh, but both websites have links to Arizona Citizens Defense League. And in fact, today, I'm also going to put links up to uh, the Libertarian Party. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as the show as the show kind of goes on. So getting back to, you know, looking at our sources, um, those are all really good starting points and are really good sort of jumping off uh, places for you to kind of start looking around and start doing some research. Now, hopefully you've, you've done some research prior. The, the last show I was talking about, the primaries and kind of doing the same thing and, and what you can do. Again, with, the, with, with things like the NRA, with things like Gun Owners of America, with other organizations... Whatever you think of those organizations, they all have agendas. Uh, their agenda and yours or mine may line up 100%. It may not. So again, you when you look at those endorsements or you look at the grades that they're giving certain people, if they give somebody an A or give somebody an F or if they say, well, so-and-so didn't fill out our questionnaire and return it to us, so that means that... Uh, that they are anti-gun or anti-this or anti-whatever. Well, that, that may not necessarily be the truth. Um, I think a, a better way to do it is if they've had any type of a voting record, if they've been in office before, making sure that you find out what that voting record is. Look at it. Uh, you also need to do things when you're looking at their voting record. Don't just look at the yes and no's of it. Kind of try and look at the whys of it. Uh, not too long ago, um, and I think it was when the, I want to say it was when the restaurant bill came through here, uh, which basically means that you could go into a, uh, a restaurant that served alcohol and uh, for consumption on the premises. Uh, and as long as you didn't consume, you could go in there. And, of course, as long as they didn't uh, post a sign saying no firearms, and, and it had to be a very specific sign. Um, one of the the uh, the sponsor of that bill actually ended up voting against it so that it could come back up. Um, now, the, the same can be said kind of on the opposite end. If we look at the Thune Amendment, which was looking to do nationwide reciprocity. So if you um, if, if your state had a, uh, a any type of a concealed carry permit that any other state that had one, would recognize it. So uh, Arizona has, of course, um, we, we now have constitutional carry, but we also still have our permitting system. And if the Thune Amendment had passed, what that would mean is if that I went to uh, a state like California, who currently does not recognize Arizona permits, that had that amendment passed, that because I would have a permit from Arizona, it would, be, it would have to be recognized uh, by California. But of course it didn't pass. But what had happened, an interesting thing that happened in the voting, and I actually watched it, um, it was one of those things where I watched it on uh, C-SPAN. And what had happened was, is once the the uh, the Democrats got the votes that they needed, they had more votes than they needed to actually defeat it. 
what they did is they you had other people in the Democratic Party then change their votes over to uh, to a no or to a yes vote. And basically they did that so that it, they could on that issue say, well, hey, I voted for this or I voted for that. When in reality, while they may not be 100% anti-gun, they're not going to go against their party, uh, which ultimately means um, they're not a servant of the people. Uh, so anyway, um, let's get back to talking about some of this stuff. So again, there's lots of good jumping off places that you can do. Don't take this stuff, uh, especially like from Gun Owners of America, from NRA, from whoever, as the be-all, end-all. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. Go out there. Look at what their voting records have been in the past. If they're, if they're new to that office, if they're running for the first time, look at who is endorsing them. Things like fire and police, to me, don't mean anything. You can always find some obscure police organization or some fire organization that will endorse pretty much any candidate, and that will allow that person to then say, hey, I'm endorsed by uh, fire and such and such. Well, maybe nobody else in the department endorses that candidate. Um, so, again, stuff like that I, I don't doesn't hold any water with me at all. I think that's all just something that you can put on there, and that's something that that uh, somebody who's who's not really willing to do a little bit of research can say, well, you know, hey, I guess the police support them. That's good enough for me. Uh, but again, if we look at also who the actual people are that are in office that will endorse that new person that's coming in, and you go and you look at their records, and you see what they voted for and what they stood for and what they've been willing to bend on and what they've been willing to stand firm on uh, and then you can get a much better picture of what the possible performance of that person is going to be the the new person who's running for the first time is going to be once they get into office of course once they get into office uh, unfortunately all bets are off until the next election term election cycle rolls around now Recently, uh, there was this is a little bit of an aside, uh, but and it's, stick with me and, and we'll get back to kind of the point that I'm going to make here in a little bit. Some of you guys may or may not know who Juan Williams is. He was a uh, analyst and a commentator over on NPR. He also has gone on several uh, what you would term conservative talk shows. I like Sean Hannity, Glenn, I think he's been on Glenn Beck, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I know he's been on Hannity several times. And what he was doing is he was going and giving a, a liberal point of view, or probably how he would term it, maybe a progressive point of view, uh, as a counterpoint to somebody like Sean Hannity, who is a uh, dyed-in-the-wool Republican and a dyed-in-the-wool conservative, uh, of which I am not a dyed-in-the-wool Republican, or am I a dyed-in-the-wool conservative? Um, most of my views, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, I am very, very, very libertarian in my beliefs. Uh, I am not a, a conservative when it comes to a lot of things. Uh, f fiscally, I'm a conservative. Um, but with a lot of things, I, I, I fall much more in line 
uh, and my philosophies are much more in line with the Libertarian Party. And I used to think years ago that the Republicans kind of offered me the best chance. And I kind of in full disclosure, I am a registered Republican. And right now I think that, uh, especially on the in the federal level, that there aren't going to be too many Libertarians. Uh, mostly they're going to be probably Republicans that are going to give us our best chance from a Second Amendment perspective. And let's be very clear on that from a Second Amendment perspective only. Uh, I, they're going to be much stronger than the Democrats will be. They'll be much stronger than most independents will be. But anyway, getting back to this Juan Williams thing, he had basically made a comment on Hannity that um, when he would go on to an airplane, if he saw somebody that was dressed in full Muslim garb or regalia, whatever you want to call it, that that made him a little nervous because what that said to him was is that person was expressing that they were a a Muslim first. Or a follower, excuse me, a follower and devotee of that religion first, and then an American second. Now, my point of view is, is that they are probably a Muslim first, and if they're not American-born, then they're going to probably have more allegiance uh, to the country that they came from. They're they're going to identify more as that. And then they're going to probably thirdly identify as. Then they're going to start to identify maybe as. Uh, Muslim American or or uh, Egyptian American or you know Iranian American or whatever you want to say, uh, and then way down on the list they might start to see themselves as Americans. And these are my feelings. And again, I, I hope I made it clear that the little chart that I just did was my uh, opinions and my feelings. And uh, what he was actually saying was that he thought that they would see themselves as Muslims first and then Americans second. And basically, he got fired. Uh, his contract got canceled for him saying that. And one of the things that I found interesting about it is that a lot of times the uh, the people on the far left tend to say that they're much more tolerant, that they're much more open, that they are much more willing to have uh, divergent discussions, and they're much more tolerant of different views. Uh, but the reality of that is, in what we're seeing in this case, is that that's not true. Is that that anybody that dares to step out of line from that uh, hardcore view is then like a traitor and should be ostracized and ridiculed and demeaned and uh, excommunicated from that group. Now, do we see that also on the conservative side? Yeah, we do. Not as much, but it's still there. Um, if Although I seem to find a little bit more tolerance um, for some things. But in a lot of ways, there's still a lot of intolerance in the ultra-conservative camps. Uh, in the, what I would term... Um, to the far right of the conservative party or to the Republican party, there is a lot of intolerance. And uh, just as much as there is in the, uh, on the, on the left or on the Democratic party or the Liberal party, um, as there is 
you know, so both parties are guilty of that um, because both parties, I, I think, are more interested in furthering party politics and party power than they are in furthering themselves as servants to the people, um, to being a true representative and to being a true leader. Uh, but anyway, kind of getting back to this whole the Juan Williams things, I wanted to tune in, I, and I, I tuned in on to uh, Hannity's radio show so I could hear what, he, what Juan actually was going to say, and I got his viewpoint. And then I, I tuned in, um, I think it was yesterday morning, to NPR, because I knew they weren't gonna, they weren't going to just sort of let it lie. That they they were gonna have to address it, and have to say something. And pretty much what they did in, although it was it wasn't very subtle, but it was done. I'm trying to think of how a, a little bit lightly. It was done under the guise of, well, let's really take a look at this. But basically, they were they were repudiating him. Um, one of the commentators was saying stuff like, well, you know, he, this isn't the first incident that, you know, Mr. Williams has had and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, years and years ago, uh, probably closer to, I'd say maybe 15, 16, maybe even 20 years ago, uh, I used to listen to NPR pretty regular. And back then, I mean, they always have had a liberal, a very liberal stance and agenda. But the the stuff that I heard back then, and again, this is going back 15, 20 years, at that time, there seemed to be much more of a willingness to show either both sides or just to present a story. Uh, and the last few times that I've, I've listened... There really is no willingness. It's very one-sided. And you can say the same of MSNBC. You can say the same of Fox News. You know, they, they do present pretty... And they do have agendas. Uh, and if you don't understand that or if you're not willing to believe that because maybe it doesn't matter what network you're listening to, if they're telling you what you want to hear and what you agree with, you know, then you're... You know, you're, you're you're going to be hard-pressed to be critical of that, but that's something that we should be critical of. But anyway, with the Juan Williams things, one of the things that I noticed that they were doing is they would sort of talk about the incident, and then they would sidetrack, much like I'm doing right now. They would sidetrack on different issues. And I think the reason that they were doing that is because they really, if they were really going to be truthful and really going to examine what had happened and say that you know we espouse these beliefs, then they would have to, if they were going to, going to have any, uh, again, type of truthful self-examination or, or, or examination of what had happened, then they're not going to have, they're going to say, well, you know, this guy said something and maybe uh, it would be offensive, but if we look at it in the context of what he was saying, it's really not. And he's basically saying, you know, you have to, in order to, uh, to conquer a problem, or a fear, you first have to recognize that you have it, and you have to admit that you have it. And that's basically what Juan Williams was doing on that show. And again, I may be coming off as a fanboy of this guy, and I'm not. He is a, a liberal, and he believes in a lot of stuff that I absolutely do not believe in. But I think the guy is a guy that has convictions, and I think that he's a guy that's honest. 
um, right before they fired him, they were saying stuff like, well, you don't have any remorse, blah, blah, blah. And basically what they wanted him to do was kind of backpedal and then offer an apology. And he says, no, I'm not going to do that. These were my feelings. And this is what I said. And I stand by what I said. You know, I'm not going to pretend what I said meant something else. So I respect the guy for that. 100% respect him. Uh, but one of the things that they were talking about when they did one of these sidetrack things is they were talking about the upcoming election. And one of the persons who was on this panel said, well, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Republicans are going to have a major victory in this upcoming election. And then the host of the show, who was, I think it was Diane Reem, who I can't stand, but she was like, oh, so the polls say, you know, like, well, you know, who knows, maybe, it's, and, then, and then the person just kind of gave her kind of an incredulous answer, like, uh, really? You know, look, stupid. This is what's going to probably happen. People are, are, are very unhappy with the status quo right now, and so they're going to send a message. So I, I found that interesting that even on a liberal talk show with a lot of liberal commentators on this panel, that the majority of them were in agreement that there is going to be a changeover in power. So when we're talking about a changeover in power, does that really mean for us that there's going to be this great utopia for us as far as how the government's going to go? I think that there will be a pullback in spending and stuff like that if 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 the switchover happens. Um, do I think there's that it's going to be this big revolution and that, the, that we're going to you know as the conservatives are, are likened to say or, or or fond of saying that we're going to take back that you know this and we're going to take back that and it's going to be this new era? I don't really think so. Uh, I think if if it was going to be a true revolution, what you would see is you would see both Republicans and Democrats lose seats, lose positions, and those would be filled with people um, basically from the Libertarian Party, maybe even from the Green Party, although I don't, I'm not, I'm not too enamored of the Green Party. But anyway, again, full disclosure, uh, I, I line up probably... 99% with the Libertarian Party. Um, most people who would be true conservatives and would maybe think of themselves as libertarians, if they're hardcore conservatives, are not going to line up with the Libertarian Party platform. They're not going to line up with the majority of it. They think they do, maybe, because they like the idea of saying, I'm for the Constitution. Um, but a lot of ultra-conservatives are for their version of the Constitution. They're not for true liberty for everybody. They're not for true liberty and true responsibility for the individual. If you, if you don't know much about the Libertarian Party, or, or maybe you think you do because you've heard stuff on TV or this or that, I'd urge you to go over to their websites, and you can just type in Libertarian Party. Look at their platform. Look at the things that they're talking about. And see, and be real honest. See where you fall within there. Um, like I said, I'm, a, I'm actually a registered Republican. Uh, I do that because right now I think I, I can have more 
influencers say and maybe who who is who is coming up in the Republican Party what I try and do as far as when on the primaries and things like that I try and vote number one for people that support gun rights and we, I've talked about this before if you have an individual who's running for office who believes that you and I the average person not only can have a gun but should have a gun and should have the right to defend yourself that goes a long way towards them saying well if they've got the right to defend themselves they should have the right to choose this they should have the right to choose that they should have the right to uh, say no to this or to say no to that and say i will not be forced to have health care i will not be forced to do a b and c uh, and if you look at the Libertarian Party, you see that the individual and, and the rights of the individual are tantamount on their platform. And, and they really believe in going into the Constitution. And if this sounds like a, you know, a commercial for the Libertarian Party, I, I don't care. This is what I believe. If, if we look at the platforms on things like individual freedoms they they really talk a lot about and this is paraphrasing some of this stuff they really talk a lot about a person has has the right to do what they want to do as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of another person's life their liberty so their freedom or their their justly gained property and as long as you're not doing something that is intentionally harming someone, you're intentionally defrauding someone, then you can pretty much do what you want to. And again, it, it, it also goes into things of kind of unintended consequences. So maybe your intent wasn't to harm anyone, but if some of the things that you're doing can cause harm to others or can interfere with other people's individual rights, then that's when... You know, you could say government or as a society, that would be some of the things that we would say, okay, that's what government is actually for then. Government is for the protection of the individual rights. And it's, it's to make sure that that person's individual rights and individual sovereignty doesn't get trampled on. Other than that, we're pretty much going to pull back and leave you alone. And really, both of their current parties, they don't believe that at all. They want a lot of control. Uh, they want a lot of uh, rules and regulations. And again, it's both sides. There's a quote that I want to share with you guys from Daniel Webster. And uh, the first time I read it, I didn't really get the importance of it or, or the maybe the intent of his meaning uh, or the, um, the powerfulness of his words and the, the farsightedness of what he was saying. And maybe because I'm a little thick-headed, but I read it the first time and uh, it made a little bit of an impact on me. And then I came back and read it again and thought about it. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. And this is what Daniel Webster has said. Quote, It is hardly too strong to say that the Constitution was made to guard the people against the dangers of good intentions. There are men in all ages who mean to govern well, but they mean to govern. They promise to be good masters, 
but they mean to be masters. And like I said, it took me a little bit for that to sink in and what he was really talking about. And what he's really talking about is what we have today. And that is we don't have anybody in office, or for the most part, maybe there are some some good-intentioned and well-intentioned people, guys maybe like Ron Paul, uh, guys like uh, his son Rand Paul and some other people. But for the most part, the people that we have in office now and in power now are people that they know better. They And what they mean to do is they mean to govern us and they mean to be the master. They know better. And if the people are saying, no, we don't want this, or wait a minute, don't don't push this through, let's... let's Let's wait and let's talk about this. Well, they know better. They'll make the final decision. And if that goes against the will of the people, well, so be it. They, in fact, they were, they were placed in office to rule. They were placed in office to do as they see fit, as they see best. And that's not true. That's not how our government was set up. It was set up so that the people could have lots of checks and balances on the government, and we don't have that right now. And because we don't have that, and because we, we really just have a two-party system, and yeah, there are some independents and libertarians out there who are getting into office slowly, but really we have a, a two-party system, and you're going to have to align yourself with one of those two uh, if you want to get anything accomplished. Because we have that, we're not going to see this huge revolution. We're not going to see this huge changeover. We're not going to see a huge change in the way that things get done and the status quo. If the Republicans do indeed come back into power, which I think they will, we're going to see a slowdown in some things. I think we'll maybe see a, a pullback in some of the spending and we may even see a uh, if not a repeal in some of the health care stuff. We'll see some things that maybe are going to be struck down or taken out. But are we going to see things like reduction in property taxes? Are we going to see things like reduction in our income tax? Are we going to see things like the slimming down, the cutting down, the reduction of government? And the answer to that is no, we won't. Ultimately, we won't. They're not going to reduce things. Oh, well, that would cost somebody their job, or, well, this is the way it's always been, and so, you know, we kind of need this now. Um, we're not going to see things like the furtherance of individual liberties and freedoms. So we're not going to see things like the Gun Control Act of 1968 or some of the Firearms Control Act of 1975, they don't really get talked about much. We're not going to see those things get repealed. We're not going to see the curtailing, and or in my opinion, probably the, uh, the disbandment of maybe the ATF. And I don't know if, the, uh, if ATF would need to be totally disbanded, but they really need to be reformed, and the firearms part of it needs to be taken away. But we're not going to see that. So for me, a lot of the things, uh, the status quo, this revolution that's, that's going to supposed to come and, and how everything's going to change once the Republicans regain power. So in essence, once they 
regain the uh, reins of the masters, once they regain the uh, status of those who are going to govern us and not serve us, I don't think any of those things that I mentioned before are going to happen. We're not going to see individual liberties and individual rights and individual freedoms expanded. We're not going to see the concepts of personal responsibility for personal actions expanded. We're going to see a lot of the same stuff remain the same. Now, having said all that, some of you may say, well, man, why should I even bother to go out and vote if it's, if it's not going to change? That's how we do it. You know, that's our system. And if we want to change our system, if we want to turn things around, then we need to get out there and vote, and we need to put people in there. And if the best candidate we got is a Republican candidate, we need to get that guy in there. And if he aligns with, you know, even 75% of what maybe we believe, get in there and then start talking to him once they're in office. Let your voice be heard. And if you can get enough like-minded people uh, to go along and, and to contact their representatives and their elected officials, those people will listen and they will do what the majority tells them to do uh, because they understand that that majority that bothers to call them and bothers to come down and see them, they understand that those people are going to be the ones that are going to vote. They understand that those people may be the ones that come down and volunteer for them or put up a yard sign. And that may be sound like nothing, you know, throwing up a yard sign on the front of your property. But it, it gets their name out there. They understand the value of that. If there was no value in something like that, they wouldn't do it. So if we, if we get out there and if we vote, and then once we voted, if we don't then say, oh, man, I... I worked hard and I found out who the candidates were and I did my homework and it was kind of a pain in the butt, but I did it. At that point, if we say, oh, I've done my job and I've cast my vote, if that's all we do, you've only taken that first step. The next thing you have to do is you have to become involved if you want change. If you don't want change, if you think that having the Republicans back in power and maybe having an ultra-conservative base, which is what they kind of are, are saying is maybe going to happen. I, that I don't know. Uh, I do think there's going to be a changeover. Uh, but if, if that's what you want, if you want things to kind of remain the same that they've been, you know, for the last few decades, then by, uh, by all means, cast your vote and then do nothing else. But if you want things to change, if you want different candidates in there if you want people that are going to truly represent what you believe and for me that's somebody that believes in the individual rights and individual freedoms of all our citizens then that's what you start lobbying for and that's what you start pressuring and the next time when a city council vote comes around uh, when a uh, water commission board is up for election or whatever Get out there and see if there's a Libertarian Party candidate. For, that's what I do. And if there is, I try and vote for that guy. Because then that guy gets some experience. Then that guy gets some name recognition. And like I've talked about on previous shows, the guy who's on the Corporation Commission today may be your state representative tomorrow. Maybe your state senator tomorrow. Maybe the guy that goes up to Washington next month. So I would urge you to get out there and vote. Vote your conscience. Vote how you want to vote. Don't think of your vote as, well, if I vote for this guy, I'm throwing this away. 
if you if you think well I think this person represents me the best and has the best chance of winning and can actually get in there you know you have to do some hard thinking you have to do some realistic thinking uh, but your vote is never thrown away even if you always vote and you're the guy or the lady that you vote for never wins you haven't wasted it because you've participated but again your participation does not end once you've cast that ballot you've got to you've got to remain aware you've got to uh, again, contact those people. And I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but uh, the majority of people don't do it. They can't be bothered or they figure, well, what's the point? And again, if I'll go back to the example of how the majority of people contacted the Democratic Party and contacted Barack Obama and contacted Nancy Pelosi. And that was when Obama first came into power. We sent a huge message of don't take our guns, don't touch our guns. And we did that in the clearest and most powerful way possible and the, and the clearest way that those guys can understand. We did that with our money. And that more than a telephone call, more than a handwritten letter, that sent a message to those guys, uh, especially people like Pelosi and Obama who are like, you know, let's not talk about guns because clearly there's this huge landslide of people that are going out and buying stuff, which means that there are people that are in favor of owning guns and gun ownership. So we're not going to try and push that right now. And then you got a guy like Eric Holder, who's the attorney general, and people will say, well, what about that guy? He's kind of shooting his mouth off about gun control. And he was... But he's not, he is a career politician, but he knows, he understands that at the, he's not going to have that job forever. He understands that once the current administration goes out, he's going to be replaced by, by the new administration. So he is politically savvy enough, but he's also, he also understands the reality of the situation is that his job is not going to be, he's not going to have an 18-year, 25-year run, or 30-year run as the Attorney General. So I, I feel that he sometimes has the feeling that he has more leeway. And he may get kind of slapped down by Pelosi or even Obama and kind of behind closed doors, or even publicly at times. But, you know, his... The way he thinks isn't necessarily long-term, where the way of somebody like Obama, who wants to get elected for another term, the Pelosi's of the, of the world, the, uh, what the heck's her name, the Barbara Boxers, the, um, oh, I'm dry, I can see her face right now. Um, she's a California representative. Um, Feinstein, that's what it is. Um, the way that she... And the way that those people think is long-term. They, they want to be in office for years and years and years and years and years. They don't want to just serve a term or two terms and then quietly fade off into the background and say, well, I did my, you know, I did my bit to serve the country. They're in there for power. They want to be in there for as long as possible. And, you know, Feinstein was the one that basically said that she was going to bide her time. Uh, let me drop in that clip real quick. And this is from an interview that she did uh, when she was on 60 Minutes, and this was a while back. I agree with you. I wouldn't bring it up now. So you're going to hold off. That's correct. And you, and I'll you pick the time and the place. No question about that. 
And what she was talking about was bringing up or bringing back the assault weapons ban, which really, in reality, should just basically be called the cosmetic rifle ban, because uh, that's all it all it was doing. But what she was talking about and referring to, what she was going to wait for, was that she was going to wait for the right time and the right place to bring in more gun control law. Uh, because in her view, again, she's in it for the long haul. So it may not come back around for two more years or eight more years or maybe ten more years. But hey, she'll still be in office. She'll still be in power. And then at, when, when she sees the time is right, then she'll, she'll put forth you know, new legislation and new restrictions. And again, this is why it's so important that we get people in there that support uh, our gun rights and support our Second Amendment rights, uh, which again are are uh, protected and guaranteed by our Constitution. They are not uh, given to us by the government. And again, that kind of kind of getting back to the Libertarian Party that falls in uh, falls in with their kind of stance on the, on the self defense and the Second Amendment. So getting back to individual rights and individual freedoms, we have to have tolerance for others in order, uh, if, if I expect to have individual rights and individual freedoms and to be treated as an, a sovereign person, in order for that to work for me, it has to work for you. Uh, and that's why things like due process, things like... Uh, there, there's a lot of things in our legal system that need to be changed and need to be need to be thrown out. But there are fundamental core things, things of having a trial, things of having a uh, due process, things of having that the police have to go through certain procedures, that there has to be certain procedures in a courtroom setting. These are things that are set up to protect us. A lot of those things have been bastardized and stretch so far from their original intent that a lot of times it seems like we should say, well, let's just get rid of due process and let's get rid of this and let's get rid of that. And if, if person A does act, does a certain act, then we just toss the key away and we don't have to worry so much about the burden of proof. And a lot of that, I think, comes from a lot of the frustration of, of what we see today. But a lot of it comes from from intolerance, and I've talked about this before on previous shows, but we as a, as a culture, as a gun culture, are pretty intolerant. Um, now, I don't know if, if uh, Chris is still putting out a show, Christopher Berg, he did a podcast called Truth About Guns. I don't know if he's still doing that. He hasn't put one out in a while, uh, but uh, I'm not going to be the pot calling the kettle black. Sometimes you you know you can't do it. Sometimes you take a three or four month hiatus. But he had recently put up a, a post on uh, Facebook about Larry Pratt, um, who was with I guess Gun Owners of America, and uh, it was very you know anti-gay, um, and the guy is entitled to his views. Uh, but I don't, and the reason it was brought up, I think it was because of uh, maybe somebody had asked him about Pink Pistols, which is, you know, the gay and um, lesbian alliance type thing and transgendered thing that uh, 
that basically says, hey, just because you're gay doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to, you know, have a, a firearm. In fact, they're they're trying to say because a lot of people are intolerant and a lot of people hate you, you may want to you may want to get a gun to defend yourself. Uh, but anyway, he had made several several statements about uh, you know gays shouldn't push their agenda and this and that. And my whole thing was, you know, it, it goes it goes back to, it really brought home how intolerant that guy is and how he says he's for gun rights for everybody, but he's really not. Um, and it's the same thing when we hear people talk about the, our Constitution. And when somebody comes in, maybe from a foreign country, they've committed a crime here, and a lot of people say, well, screw that guy. He doesn't get to have the same rights. Why should we give him the same rights that we give an American citizen? And the reason that we would want to give that guy the same rights that I enjoy and that you enjoy is because the Constitution originally says that you as a person have these rights. That you as an individual, that because you're born, because you're human, because you're drawn breath, you have these rights. It's not because you're an American. And you have these rights, whether you're from America, or whether you're from Mexico, or whether you're from Canada. Once you're in this country, we're going to take the high road, or we're supposed to take the high road. We don't always do that. You know, years and years ago, when I was a kid, and, and you don't see this that much anymore, but it used to be a lot of the movies, let's say if it was a movie, and I remember, and I can't remember the actual name of the movie, but it was about a, um, a U.S., I can't remember if it was a submarine or if it was a small, uh, a small vessel that got caught off of uh, Chinese waters. And then, of course, these guys were taken prisoner. And this was based off of a true, uh, a true story. And uh, the whole thing was, you know, that these guys went through a court system over there. But, of course, it was a kangaroo court thing. They didn't, you know, nobody explained anything. They just basically tortured them until they signed stuff. And back then, the, the common thought or the philosophy was, you know, you would watch that movie and your first thought would be, if the situation was reversed and the Chinese people came into our system, we would make sure that they had a translator. We would make sure that they understood what was going on. And we would make sure that that person would be treated fairly and justly and that due process would be served. And I think that's unfortunately is kind of that attitude is is kind of missing right now. We we've we've sort of taken the attitude of you know if somebody's not American then they don't they they shouldn't be treated well or they shouldn't be given you know their their certain human rights. But but again, if you believe that the Constitution says what it does and means what it means, it means that everybody in the world has these rights it's not just us uh it's uh, if you believe that you kind of have to take the attitude or the view that 
the guy in in uh, Rwanda has these rights. It's just unfortunately there's a a, a government in place that is repressing that person. Uh, you know, the guy in England has the same right to life and liberty and the same right to be able to protect himself by any means necessary. Uh, you know, again, as long as he is not the aggressor. Uh, but of course, in England, you you don't have that right. The government, their their government there has taken that away from it, or or so severely reduced it that you, in effect, don't have it. So think long and hard about the, you know, when you want to maybe reduce somebody else's rights or reduce their due process. Because eventually the situation could be reversed and it could be you. Maybe you're not part of a certain group that has certain privileges or rights. And you're going to sort of wish that you did if you know if you were ever in a... Uh, let's say if you were in a self-defense shooting situation, you wouldn't want due process thrown out. You wouldn't want your rights suspended. So... Anyway, guys, I've kind of rambled on long enough. Again, I want to say thank you for uh, sticking with me, uh, even through my long hiatuses and stuff like that. And like I said, I, I still do shows over, uh, I still have the Armed Ape shows, so if you kind of like me or my style or philosophies, those things are mirrored over there. That one's a little bit more footloose and fancy-free with the language and the, the sense of humor type stuff that I bring up. Uh, so I think all in all, this is going to be, I think, show number 46, maybe? Um, so I think in total, I've got about uh, 70 shows altogether. So um, hopefully, uh, as I've been able to kind of do a little bit more here and there, I'm planning on maybe tomorrow recording an Armed Ape show. And i uh, got some good feedback and messages for over there so uh, again if you guys want to contact me please feel free to do so uh, I always enjoy getting um, messages and uh, getting having participation from you guys uh, again you can do that through firearmscafe at gmail.com uh, you can also call on the voicemail it's uh, 206-339-3266 uh, also if you wanted to um, uh, you can oh you can also come over to the the Facebook pages. I've got both um, my personal page, which is Tony Brown. There's really not nothing on anything on there. Uh, I've also got um, the Firearms Cafe page and the Armed Date pages. So you can uh, go over there, and usually I'll I'll put some stuff up over there about when shows drop and things like that. Uh, you can also contact me over at uh, the forums, as you guys, most of you know, or if you're listening for the first time and you've made it this far, maybe you don't know. I'm part. Uh, this show is uh, part of the Gun Rights Radio Network, and uh, we have a forum over there, and I've got a link to the forum from uh, from Firearms Cafe. So if you want to go from there, or if you just want to type in uh, Gun Rights Radio, yeah, you can uh, you can find the forum links there. Uh, I haven't, you know, it's funny, and I, I uh, maybe because I don't put out shows frequently enough or something like that, but I don't tend to get much uh, in the way of uh, responses or contacts from, from the forums over there, which is fine. I mean, and I'm not, I don't want people to, 
to take this as, oh, please contact me over at the forums. Um, you know, if you want to contact me there, that's fine. Or if you want to make a point over there, that's fine. Um, but like I said, if you want to you want to send something to me, uh, either through the voicemail or through uh, an email, uh, you can also, if you've got some recording equipment, you can uh, record a quick MP3. If you'd like to have it played on the show, I'll go ahead and play it on there if you want to send that to me. And again, you just do that through the email. Let's go ahead and draw the show to a close. I am going to uh, play a, a song, and after that I won't be back, so I'll go ahead and say farewell for now. Uh, until next time, again, thanks for sticking with me, guys. I appreciate it. USA's feeling not so great The partisan fights are a bunch of crap The Middle East is a little whack And approval ratings are minus three But here's how you can fix this mess Make me P-O-T-U-S Hey, special interest groupies come And make donations to my party Capitol Hill That's where I want to Declare all tax unfair. I'll send Al Qaeda STDs and I'll support your right to bear arms and legs and memories. And sometimes I'll lean to the left, and sometimes I'll lean to the right, and sometimes I'll do both and fall if it's a party night on Capitol Hill. Come be my first lady. Chillin' on Capitol Hill, Capitol Hill Bring a friend for Giuliani Man, I love Capitol Hill The truth is, healthcare should be free And so should beer and nachos And trips to Waikiki I'll resolve the immigration fiasco. I'll simply annex Mexico. We'll pimp out Air Force One and sing Hail to me. Capitol Hill. Kiss my democracy. Let me run Capitol Hill. Capitol Hill. Hot Tobin with Hillary C. I rule on Capitol Hill. My fellow Americans, tonight I'm subsidizing happy hour. God bless Margaritaville. Oh, the devil has given him superhuman strength. Oh, teeny.